Hello, friends, and welcome to the Coastline Baptist Church podcast. We hope this message will equip, encourage, and edify you in your journey of life. We'd love to connect with you. Please email us at info at coastlinecc.org. And for more information about our church and our services, visit coastlinecc.org. Now let's open our hearts and open God's Word. Have you ever been looking for something important and it's right in front of you and you just keep missing it? Now these aren't important, but I don't know if it's just me, but I can't tell you how many times I've like been looking for my sunglasses. And where do you think they are? Thank you, Mrs. Cook. She's always told me the truth. Yes. I'm like, where, does, where are my sunglasses, you know? I did lose my Ray-Bans at Universal, and I, they weren't on my head. They were unfortunately on the bottom of the Harry Potter ride. That stunk. But most of the time, my sunglasses are on my head. Maybe it's, uh, uh, I've done this before. Maybe you've done this as well. Have you ever um, been on the phone talking to someone, and you're like, man, where is my phone? Has, has anybody done that? Can we just be honest? Thank you. Golly, I'm all alone. Is this thing on this morning? Gee whiz. Okay? He's like, oh, is it, I can't find my stinking phone. Where is it? And it's like the person's like, I think you're talking on it, aren't you? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I, I don't, maybe this one's a little crazy. I don't even know if I've done this, but maybe you're driving or you're getting ready to leave the house and you're like, you know, back and you're like, oh my gosh, do I have my keys? And he's like, well, yeah, you obviously started the car. You got your keys, man. Uh, this one has definitely happened. I'm like looking for my kids. Okay. That's pretty important. And I'm like, bright A. Bright A. And he's like, right here. <laughs> like, I just don't see him. And he's like, what? Like, what do you want? You know, I'm like, oh, there he is. Looking for something important, and it's right in front of you. In this next passage, we're going to see that the people here following Jesus around everywhere are looking for something. They're searching for something, but, but they're missing what's right in front of them. Let's look at verse 22. John 6, verse 22. The scriptures are on the screen. If you don't have your Bible, if you have your Bible, we're in the Gospel of John, chapter 6. And look down at verse 22, and we'll see what it says. This is, by the way, this is right after Jesus comes back from the storm with the disciples. He got into the boat with them on the storm. The storm stopped, and they're right on the shore. Immediately, the Bible says in verse 21 that they're back at the shore. Verse 22, the day following, when the people which stood on the other side of the sea saw that there was none other boat there, save the one where his disciples were entered, and that Jesus went not with his disciples into the boat, but that his disciples were gone away alone. Howbeit, there came other boats from Tiberias, nigh into the place where they did eat bread, and after uh, that the Lord had given thanks. When the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, neither his disciples, they also took shipping and came to Capernaum seeking for Jesus. So these people that Jesus fed when he fed the 5,000, suddenly they realized, like, okay, he's gone. We want to follow this guy. He just, he just created all this extra food out of nothing. This guy's awesome. Remember at the end of uh, uh, the story uh, a couple weeks ago, with the female, they wanted to make him king. They were like, man, look at this guy. He can create food. We want to make him president. And they were missing Jesus' mission. He wasn't coming to save them from political issues. He was coming to save their souls. He was coming to save them from themselves. And they just kept missing it. So what are they doing? They're looking for him. And they see that his disciples get into a boat and begin to cross the sea. But Jesus isn't with them. So they're like, where is he? Where'd he go? Where'd he go? Then they, some other ships come. It says from Tiberias they came. And they probably had seen Jesus go up into the mountains. Jesus had gone up to the mountains. To pray, and they so they got in ships and they went across and they they finally in verse twenty five it says and when they had found him on the other side of the sea they said unto him Rabbi when came and said like hey man where'd you go what's going on they were following all these multitudes thousands of people are following Jesus and looking for Jesus and through the scriptures this morning that we're going to go through I want to just make some observations about each one and apply them to our lives the first observation is this people look for Jesus. 
for all types of reasons. People look for Jesus, look to Jesus for all types of reasons. These people in the passage, man, they had just seen him do this amazing miracle. Like, wow, he took those five loaves and two fishes and he prayed over it and then he broke it and he passed it around and, and, and over only 5,000 men, so probably 15,000 people total on this hillside and he created out of nothing all this food, this supernatural miracle and they were like, wow, this guy's... So what are they doing? They're looking to be saved from the Roman rule that was in their land in Israel at the time. They're like, man, this guy can save us. This is the Messiah. He's here to fight our war and give us our freedoms back. Again, that's not what Jesus was here for. But they're looking to him for that. For, for miracles. Look, can, can you make us some more food? Can you do something? You know, what, can, what can you do? Some people nowadays look to Jesus. They go to Jesus. They go to him just, just for their health. They're like, man, I, I'm sick or, or I, I got this. And, and I'm, I'm just going to go to Jesus because I want him to heal me. Maybe it's finances. Lord, I'm broke. You know, I, I need more money. What are you going to do? Come on, can you help me out? You're the, you own the cattle on a thousand hills. Maybe it's for popularity. There's a lot of people out there that... that uh, say that they preach the word of God, but they're just looking for popularity. Some people are looking for answers. Like, what's going on in my life? I don't know what's going on. I don't know what, what's happening in my life. It doesn't make sense to me. Sometimes people are looking for somebody to blame for all their problems. Well, if God really cared about me, he wouldn't let this happen in my life. If God was really real, if he was really there, or maybe they do believe he's there. He's, like, he's there, but he obviously doesn't care about me. He obviously doesn't love me. Look what's happening in my life. Look what's happened to me. People look for Jesus for all types of reasons. You could ask yourself the question this morning, what am I doing here? What am I doing at Coastline Baptist Church? Why am I sitting in this chair? Why am I singing these songs and, and, and listening to the preaching? Are you just here at church to, just to make your life better? It's like, well, I, if I go to church, then probably my life will get better and things will get easier for me. Or are you here to worship him because he's worthy of our worship? Are you here at church just to, to feel good about yourself? Out of guilt, like, well, if I don't go, people are going to know. And if I go, then I feel like I'm actually doing something good. And are you here just to feel good about yourself? Or are you here because you know that you need it? The Bible talks so much about the importance of, of a community of believers, a family of believers. And guess what? We have a great time to meet with other believers Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. It's important. Are you here because you want to make sure you feel better about yourself or, or because you know that you need it? I'll be honest. I, I have sought out Jesus for selfish reasons. I have prayed with a prideful heart, with an expectant heart of just like, well, I deserve this. I think we thought about it. Each one of us has, has lived that way. We've, we've looked at Jesus kind of in a desperate need of just like, we've ignored him the rest of you know, the week or the rest of the month, and then suddenly, oh, oh, Lord, hey, how's it going? I need this. I am glad that in those moments when I've sought out Jesus, maybe for the wrong reasons like these people did, that he still showed me grace. And he still welcomed me in. That's the God that we have. That's Jesus. That's Jesus who fed these people. Who knew, he knew their hearts. He knew their selfish motives. And yet he loved them. And yet the scriptures say in the book of Matthew. This same crowd. He looked at them and had compassion on them. And cared. I'm glad that he has shown me grace. Through my selfish motives. We move on to the scriptures. Verse 26. When they said, Rabbi, hey, where'd you go, man? What's going on? What does Jesus say to them? In verse number 26, it says, he says this. Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto you, ye seek me, not because ye saw the miracles, but because ye did eat of the loaves and were filled. Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but 
for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you. For him hath God the Father sealed. Jesus, they say, where did you go, man? And he's like, you're only following me because I gave you food. He's like, you don't really believe that I am who I say I am. Like, you're only following because you want to see the magic tricks. Because you want to see the show. The second observation we can make from this passage today is this. Jesus always tells the truth even when it hurts. Jesus always tells the truth even when it hurts. These people came, hey, where'd you go, man? Like, we, like, like they're actually followers of his. When in reality, they weren't. They just wanted some more food. They just wanted to see him do it again. Like, do another trick. Jesus always tells the truth even when it hurts. I, I can think of a time when I was in college, and I was just an idiot in college. Oh, I was just an idiot. And uh, my friend was, we were, we were sitting together in a church service, actually, and my buddy, my best friend, was sitting behind me in the seat, kind of like bleacher seats, and uh, he, like, leaned forward to talk to me before the service started, and I, like, turned and I was, like, talking to him, and apparently, my breath was harsh, okay? Sorry. <laughs> Sippy laughing, you know, I've talked to you all football practice. You're probably like, yeah, you're right, man, it is harsh, okay? And listen, I just talked to him, and he just kind of was like, whoa, man, get a mint. Get a mint, man. And I don't know what came over me, but I got so furious at him. In an instant, I slapped him right in the face. Pop! And you're like, I'm never going to tell you that you have bad breath. I promise I'm a changed man now. That was like 15 years ago. But he looked at me and was like, what? I said, bro, I don't know what happened there. I'm so Man, I'm sorry. Hey, hit me. He's like, he just sat back. I'm like, oh, listen, he told me the whole cold, hard truth, and I didn't handle it very well. Listen, can I say this? I'm, I'm glad that we have a Savior that, that calls us out once in a while. And I wrote this in my notes. As I was writing this down, taking these notes, I, I thought from like, do I really like when he does that? Like, the truth is, I, take, I can take that statement back. I don't love it when he does, but I learned to appreciate it in time when the Spirit of God convicts me and says, don't do that. What are you doing, Donald? You know you're not supposed to act that way. You know you're not supposed to think that way. You know you're not supposed to do those things. Like, come on, man. You're my child. You, 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 you've given your heart to me, Donald. What are you doing? And when Jesus speaks truth to me, when the Spirit of God speaks cold, hard truth to me, at first it may kind of bristle me a little bit, but after some time, I appreciate it because that's part of the work of God in your life. That's part of the work of God in our life, not just... Listen, the scriptures and the spirit of God is not just there to encourage us. And doesn't he encourage us? Yes. It's not just there, the scripture, just so we know what we believe, the doctrines of our beliefs. But the scriptures and the spirit of God are there to tell us the cold, hard truth that we don't want to hear. That I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. That, that oftentimes I lack grace. That's cold, hard truth that I don't like to hear. That I can be very impatient with my kids, with my wife. That I'm often inconsiderate to people because I'm more focused on my own needs. That, that, I, that I struggle with faith. I don't like hearing that stuff about myself. I don't want to know that stuff. But the beauty of God's cold, hard truth, the beauty of God's honesty in our lives is that it doesn't stop there. There's, there's more to it. All those things about me may be true. And by the way, all those things that I mentioned apply to every one of us because all of us can be impatient. All of us are sinners. All of us lack grace in times in our life. All of us can be inconsiderate. All of us struggle with faith. And although those things may be true about us, 
With Christ involved, with Jesus Christ involved, there's a, a dot, dot, dot at the end of those statements. Yes, I am a sinner, dot, 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 but God commended his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, Romans 5 eight. Yes, I'm a sinner, but Jesus Christ died for my sins and he saved me from the power of sin over my life. Yes, I often lack grace, but his grace is sufficient for me. He gives me grace. When I run out of grace, he gives me more to pass on to other people. Yes, I can often be impatient, but he gives me grace to be patient, to make the right choices, to not lose my cool, to not lose my temper. I'm often inconsiderate, but he creates compassion in my heart, in this hard, cold heart oftentimes. When I don't want to show compassion by the grace of God he gives me a love in my heart for other people yes I struggle with faith but you know what God does in his beautiful honesty and in his grace I may struggle with faith but God like we talked about last week leads me into storms and into trials to grow my faith he does the same thing for you it's the same thing for you he brings us through these storms through these trials knowing that we struggle with faith but he's trying to build my faith Jesus always tells the truth even when it hurts. And he uses the Spirit of God in you if you're a believer, if you're a child of God. He, he uses the Scriptures. And I believe he uses preachers. That's what churches... Listen, church, we have, we're a community. We work together. But you know what we do? We admit faults. We admit weakness together. I think you could say those of you who have been in our church long enough, that I'm not someone that tries to hide weakness. I'm not someone that tries to think, that, to show you or try to portray that I have it all together. I think I try to do the opposite. Knowing that I don't have it all together. Knowing that I am a hot mess sometimes and I need the grace of God. That's what church is about. And that's what the word of God being preached by a pastor, by a preacher. We have other preachers in our church. It's to, to give us that cold hard truth that sometimes we don't like to hear. And instead of us, you know, don't want to get our toes stepped on, so we just move them, we just don't come, or we just kind of block it out. Would you take that truth from the Word of God, from the pastor, from the preacher, from the Spirit of God in your life, and take it and apply it and believe it? Because there's grace in the truth. It's, again, it doesn't leave you hanging. You're impatient. Good luck. No, you're impatient, but, I, but God says, I can give you patience. Yeah, you don't have any compassion. You don't really care about people, but I can, I can build compassion in you so you do. That's the Savior that we have. The next observation, verse 28 and 29. We're moving quick this morning. Verse 28 and 29. Then said they unto him, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God that ye believe on him whom he hath sent. These people, like I mentioned, they miss it. He had said to them, You're only following me because of the miracles. You're only following me because you want more food. They said, What you need to do is, is you know, take the bread that's everlasting take the you know and he says later on that he's the bread of life and that he's all they need and they miss it he says it to them in verse uh, um 26 and 27 we just read you know like hey you're only here and what do they say in verse 28 hey how do we do these fancy works of god how can we do the how can we create food they just were missing it they were missing the whole picture they were missing it all how can we do the works of god what did you say to them he says the only work that god wants you to do is to believe on the one he sent which is me which is Jesus. That's what he tells them. 
He doesn't want you to do making food. He doesn't need you creating, you know, making five loaves and two fishes. He doesn't, that's not what his work is for you. God, the only work that God wants them to, wanted them to, and Jesus said to them, is for them to believe on him, to believe that he was who he said he was. And church, it's the same for us. The third observation is God does not call you to accomplish great things. He calls you to believe on Jesus, the one who accomplishes great things. All of us, man, we sometimes work so hard, don't we? And, and I'm not against, I'm going to talk about this in a minute. It's not, I'm not I'm talking about us depending upon only ourselves. Listen, instead of killing ourselves trying to make everything happen in our lives and juggling, you ever seen like people that spin the plates? All those different things? And like they spin one on a pole and then they run and do this one and then they're, that's how we live our lives. I gotta make sure with this, okay, I'll go over here, oh, gotta mix it. And, every, and every, we're all worried about one of them falling down and smashing. Instead of killing ourselves, trying to make everything happen, and in the process, rolling over everybody that we care about in our lives. Dads, we can do that. Moms, we can do that sometimes. Husbands and wives, we, man, we're so focused on making sure everything is perfect and everything's going great, spinning these plates all around. And in the process, we're tripping over and all, everybody in our lives. God doesn't call us to just like accomplish great things like that we have to do it in our own power. He calls us to believe on Jesus, the one who accomplishes great things. God is calling you this morning. Somebody needs to hear this this morning. God is calling you to a different way. Not this one that's constantly stressing out. God calls you to a different way. To pause, to breathe, to rest, and to believe believe. And by the way, that doesn't mean we don't work hard. I'm not trying to say that this morning. Okay, it doesn't mean, does that mean that we sit on our hands? No, not, of course not. It means that our hard work, our steps forward in life are all rooted in a heart that believes on the one who gives us the strength to work hard, who gives us the wisdom to make the right choices, and who gives us the guidance to move forward. We're dependent on him, not on ourselves. Not on our own abilities. Not on our own intelligence. We're dependent on Jesus Christ. Our family, we've mentioned it several times, we're house hunting right now. We have a month to be out of our house. One month. End of September. Okay, what is that? 26 days. 30 days after September? Yeah, 30. 26 days to be out of the house. Okay? And we're working hard saving up for a down payment. We're, we're getting really close. I mean, Marissa's worked so much this summer, extra hours, extra hours, extra hours, making money. I've worked as much as I can. We've reached out. We are working. We're looking out. We're doing everything we need to do. We are working very hard to try to make this happen. Does that mean what I just said about depending on him, that we just stop doing those things? No. Does, that, does our work and our hard work uh, show that we're not having faith in God to provide? No, no, it's not at all. Because our steps forward, Marissa's extra hours, my extra work, and everything that we're doing extra to try to make this happen and doing our part, all of our steps toward our goal are based upon a faith in God and what he has called us to do. God called us to Cape Cod to start Coastline Baptist Church. He called us here. God uh, called us here to, to reach people. And if I know that's true, which I do, then I know that he's going to take care of us. So I'm going to take the proper steps by the grace of God following his wisdom in my life to try to find somewhere else to live. I'm praying, seeking the face of God. We're looking for a miracle. 
But along the way, that doesn't mean I just sit around and say, well, God, I'm waiting for this house to fall out of the sky. No, no, no. I'm going to do my part. Because our decisions and our hard work is based in a faith that God has called us here. God has called us here. He's going to take care of us. And knowing in that hard work and in those choices that we're making, personally, let's just say for our illustration, for our story, that knowing whatever happens, that he's good. That he is always, only good. That's the God that we have. A God who is always, only good. When life doesn't make sense, he's good. When things fall apart in our lives, he's good. When we look back at our life and wonder, what happened? Man, this is not the way I planned it. He is good. When we feel the pain of our own mistakes and wonder if there's any hope for us and for our future, he is good. He is always only good. And that's the God that we have. Do you believe that this morning, church? That's the God that we have. Verse 30. Let's look at verse 30. These last few verses in our last observation this morning. Verse number 30 says this, John 6. They said therefore unto him, What signs showest thou then that we may see and believe thee? What dost thou work? So they asked for another sign. They said, Hey, after he told them, like, you're supposed to just believe. They're like, well, show us another miracle then, and then we'll do it. They were missing it. Verse 31, our fathers, they said, our fathers did eat manna in the desert as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven. They talked about the Old Testament. And when Moses, you know, manna came from heaven, God fed the children of Israel thousands of years before. What did Jesus say in verse 32? Then Jesus said unto them, verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. He's talking about himself here, church. Verse 34, again, they missed it. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. They said, we want to eat this kind of bread every day that's going to help us live forever. They were missing it. In verse 35, Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. They missed it, though, didn't they? Just like we miss it so often. The final observation we have this morning, church, and I hope you don't miss it, is simply this. Is, it's just two words. Jesus satisfies. Period. I was going to put Jesus satisfies every day. I said, no, no. There is no, it's just, that's it. Jesus satisfies. Every hunger in our lives, every thirst Every desire that we may have, every want that we that we that we think we every need that we think we need, every fear in our lives, every anxiety, every sorrow, every loss, every pain, every tear, every heartache, he is enough for all of it. He satisfies. I don't know where you're at in your life this morning, church. There have been some in this room that, yes, I've talked and we've talked through some, some trials you're going through some issues you're facing. And, and, and but for those who I haven't, I don't know your story. I don't know what you're thinking. I don't know what's going on in your heart and your mind. I don't know the stresses that you face or the heartaches that you carry or the regrets that weigh you down. I don't know any of it, but I do know this. If you're searching, I got your answer. And it's Jesus Christ. He is the bread of life. And those who go to him 
will never hunger in their hearts, will never thirst in their souls because he's enough and because he satisfies. We, we look for satisfaction and fulfillment and purpose in everything else, in our jobs, in our marriages, in our, in our bank accounts, in drugs, in alcohol, fill in the blank. We're looking for hope. We're looking for something to soothe the pain that we carry. And none of those things will matter. None of those things will last. He is the only one who satisfies. If you think you got it all together, he'll be there when you finally realize that you need him. He's enough. And church, he loves you. And he's enough for you. Jesus satisfies. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. I don't know what you're facing this morning. But I know a Savior who has faced it all. The Bible says he was tempted in every way that we are. Jesus Christ knows exactly how you're feeling. I can't look at you and your trial and say, I know how you feel because I haven't faced your trials. But I tell you one thing, Jesus knows. Jesus was betrayed. Jesus was alone. Jesus was falsely accused. Jesus had family issues. Jesus had it all, but you know what? He made it because he was God. And you know what? He died for you and rose again. And that same power that raised him from the dead can be yours if you place your faith in him. He's enough for you. Maybe you're here this morning and you say, you know what, Donald? If I died today, I don't know where I'd go. I don't know if I'd go to heaven for eternity. I don't know if I'd spend eternity in hell. I don't know. I've never really given my heart to Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, you can do that today. You can do that right in your seat right now. Here's all you need to know. Could you listen just for a moment? Heads are bowed, eyes are closed, but hearts and ears are open, please. If you know that you're a sinner, the Bible says, for all have sinned, come short of the glory of God. We're all sinners, we've all sinned. The Bible also says that there's a price for sin. The wages of sin is death, the Bible says. When people reject Christ, and die in their sins, they spend eternity in a real place called hell. We don't like to talk about hell much, but it's a real place. But you know what? Jesus, God didn't just leave us out to dry and say, good luck. No, it says, but God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus died on the cross and took the sins of all the world, your sins, my sins, the sins of the whole world upon himself took the wrath of God upon himself and died a bloody, brutal death for you and for me. And he was laid in a tomb and rose again the third day. We celebrate on Easter. That's your Savior. He died for you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And the Bible says in Romans 10, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You can cry out to God this morning. You can say a prayer like this. Maybe you're saying, man, that's me. I want to know Jesus. I want to give him my heart. I want to place my faith in him. You can say a prayer like this in your heart right now. You can say something like this. Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner and I deserve hell, but you died for me and I believe that you rose again. Please forgive me of my sins. Please come into my heart. Please save me. I place my faith in you this morning, Jesus. Please save me. And maybe you're here this morning and you just prayed that prayer in your heart. No one's looking around, by the way. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Maybe you prayed that prayer this morning. Would you just do something for me? If you're there and you prayed, and you prayed that prayer this morning and asked Christ to save your soul. 
with no one looking around, would you just quietly slip up your hand so I can pray for you? You say, hey, I, I prayed that prayer. I asked Jesus to save me. Anybody like that? Just raise your hand up so I can see anyone at all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I see those hands. Somebody else, I prayed and asked Jesus to save me this morning. Anybody at all? Okay, so believer this morning. I know most people in this room, you've grown up in church. But you know what we do? Even though we know who our Savior is, even though we know that God provides, even, even though we know that that. God is Jehovah Jireh, he's enough. We still search for fulfillment and purpose everywhere else. And the smallest things in life knock us down because we're not resting on that solid rock of Jesus Christ. Jesus satisfied. I'm giving you a cold hard truth this morning from the word of God. What are you going to do with it? Are you going to make some choices that reflect a heart that wants to honor God? Are you going to make some decisions in your heart this morning that are going to affect the rest of your life? Jesus satisfies. He is always enough for whatever you're facing. And he loves you. Lord, we love you so much. We thank you for being good to us. We thank you for loving us. God, would you just help us, Lord, just to, Lord, just to rest in you. God, I know that there's anxiety in the room. I know there's heartache in the room. I know there's pain in the room. But Lord, you are enough. Be with us if we dismiss it just a moment. Thank you for those who came today. Thank you for those who placed their faith in you. You're good and faithful. We love you, Jesus. Thank you again for listening to the Coastline Baptist Church Podcast. We hope the message was an encouragement to your heart. Please connect with us through our website, coastlinecc.org or on Facebook or Instagram. Send us a message, send us an email, and we'd love to connect with you. We'd also love if you could visit us for a Sunday morning service. You can find our address on our website, and our services start at 10 a.m. Our mission at Coastline is simply this, to know Jesus deeply and to show Jesus daily. I hope that we've helped you do that in your life today. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.